Welcome to this episode of the Context Podcast by Proofgeist. I'm your host, Martha Zink, and this is where we get to talk about whatever is going on in the FileMaker community. This is a special episode with a special guest. We were lucky enough to have Rick Coleman from Claris join us to talk about the newest version of FileMaker, fresh with a new icon and name. All right, today I am joined by Rick Coleman from Claris, as well as Todd Geist from Proofgeist. Um, and while Rick is always invited to come hang out, I feel like maybe he's here for a good reason. So Rick, do you want to tell us why you came to hang out with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm here to talk about a upcoming uh, sort of major release of, of FileMaker. And uh, so I thought this would be a good place to stop by and talk about that. Um, so um, I, I will start out by saying that one of the things that will be noticed when we um, ship the next version, um, not, not too much in the distant future, that it's got a new naming convention and a brand new uh, spanking icon in order to <laughs> draw your attention to it's a new, but we're going to call it FileMaker 2023. Um, and if you have a question why, we're doing that. We, we felt that, you know, it's been about three years in this May that we have been on the 19, what we refer internally to the 19.x releases. Um, and there's been quite a few of them. In fact, almost three years worth of releases. Uh, and um, we release about three or four times a year now in a very different fashion than we did when we did monolithic annual releases. And we felt that this better reflected uh, sort of the nature of how we release software these days, and we would go to a year. Um, doesn't mean for sure that, you know, January 1 of 2024, all of a sudden we're shooting out a, a FileMaker or a Claris 2024, but we'll, it'll give us a sense of the freshness of, uh, of the releases better than, you know, three years of 19 dots and having to keep track of that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that term freshness. That's good. Go ahead, Todd. I was just going to say, I mean, I think it's impressive and really worth leaning on uh, because of, I think, you know, what well, all the different things that are happening with Claris and the different, you know, studio and the, and the new Claris line of products that um, there hasn't, I don't think there's been a three-year period where you've released as many new things uh, on the FileMaker was the FileMaker platform ever. So, um, you know, for those who are, who are concerned about, you know, the, anything happening with FileMaker development work slowing down, I think you can, it's obvious that you can rest assured because if anything, it's speeded up pretty dramatically. I mean, we had those point releases through 19.6. That's, you know, those were, those were, all of them were pretty big releases, lots of new features. And this new one is just, it's just got tons of new features, all kinds of new stuff across the entire platform. So, uh, yeah, it just seems like things are really cranking in terms of, in terms of how quickly you guys are putting out new features. Yeah, well, moving to Agile, um, as we did a, a few years ago, um, really helped that because before, even if we did annual releases, I would begin planning around about the uh, uh, DevCon or Engage time. Um, and so there was about an, in an annual release cycle, there was about an 18 month advanced planning cycle. 
which meant you pretty much had to have an idea of what you were going to do for the next 18 months. And the world just moves way too fast for that. And uh, yeah. so even that annual, which was much faster than we had gone before, was not mm -hmm. serving us well. Um, and what it allowed us to do is to much more closely work um, with um, directly with um, developers and you know customers, uh, if you will, to address some, uh, some some things immediately. So rather than a year and a half, and if it didn't uh, hit a cycle, it could be three years or more before it would show up. And now it can be a, a matter of months. Um, and um, uh, and and also. Uh, continuing to add value um, to the product along the way rather than saving it all up. Um, and it also allows us to come back on things that we did that, you know, we would launch something and you'd have to wait another year, uh, potentially if it wasn't a bug in order to enhance it. And now we can just continually polish these things along the way because they always need polish, if, especially if they're significant. Yeah. yeah. So, um, God, there's just so much here. Where, where do you want to begin? Well, I, I think first I, I want to um, say a little bit about this release and who the primary focus of this release is. And if I look at it in, in total, it's clearly uh, focused on the professional developer. And what we mean by that is somebody who makes their entire living or at least a decent portion of their living uh, developing FileMaker. A lot of our developers these days uh, do more than just FileMaker development. That just makes sense, and especially their consultancy and the, and the kinds of services to provide their customers. Um, but this is squarely focused on that person. It's not on the new person trying to learn the products, for people who make their living off of this. And uh, so uh, that's the, the, the first point. But as, as Todd sort of alluded to, we've made pretty significant enhancements in, in this release since 196 to reliability, to performance, to scalability, to security, um, and, um, and, and reliability. And one of the reasons we're able to do that is um, we have gone after, um, yes, in the 19 um, timeframe, uh, the 19.x releases, 19.1 all the way to 19.6, and now this one, we've gone after those things that um, that uh, were causing, uh, say, a server to not be uh, stable or not be performant or, uh, and things that um, you just come to rely on. I mean, I'm a big fan that server should be utterly, utterly boring. You should never have to think about server or almost, almost never have to think about server because it just does what it's supposed to do and it just stays up and it's performant. Um, and... Um, Ironically, moving to away from waterfall to agile has allowed us to work much more closely uh, with um, customers who have particular issues around these areas uh, directly with our engineers. Um, and they get special builds even before they go to ETS to see if this is addressing the problem with a theory that if this person is having that problem, many others are having the same problem. So it's been an era of um, taking an opportunity to, um, to, um, to address some of these uh, things that, that would undermine, say, the, um, the confidence someone would have if a server goes down, especially when it's business critical. And a lot of our customers obviously are doing things business critical to them you know, with our platform. So it's, it's our obligation to, to have that thing um, be stable and performant. 
Well, like I, like I said, there's a there's a lot here. I got I've got my my notes typed out. <laughs> see, it's a whole page, and the type is so tiny, I couldn't fit it on. It's like it's like point nine or whatever nine, you know, <laughs> font size nine, just so I could fit the whole thing on here. Um, I mean, there's God, there's just I mean, there's stuff on FileMaker Go, there's stuff on Server, there's stuff on Pro. Um, God, I don't know. Why, why don't we start with some of the scalability stuff? That server's getting. Yeah, so um, there's a, a couple of things here. One, um, if uh, you are using WebDirect for deployment, um, and one of the nice things about you know, it's a rich web client based on what you build with FileMaker, but it really helps with deployment rather than having to install fat bits on desktops and that sort of thing. Um, uh, but uh, one of the things that we always deal with there, it's obviously a WAN environment um, versus a LAN environment. So performance um, in the way that you build your solutions um, um, uh, on, on WebDirect um, uh, is, um, uh, uh, you know, needs to be taken into consideration, um, but also um, scaling beyond um, 100 or, or, or 500. So with this release, we're, we are able now to scale out with the Linux server to 1,000 um, um, WebDirect connections. Um, if you use a single machine in your Mac and Windows, you can scale out to 500 um, with, um, you know, with uh, secondary machines. Um, with Linux, um, you can scale out uh, for any individual, any individual machine, um, 100 um, Mac and Windows, um, but on Linux, 120. Also on Linux, um, because we'd leverage only on Linux Engine X, uh, we're able to use and leverage that to go out to 10. Um, uh, machines, which would give you a thousand uh, 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 connections. Uh, on top of that, um, the admin council for FileMaker 2023 for server will um, have uh, a, a UI in there to be able to, to um, put in uh, where your secondary machines are when you're doing that load balancing. So we just make it easier to do that as well. Um, so you don't right. have to use, uh, rely on the command line. WebDirect is a, is a, is a big deal. We have, we have lots of customers on our, on our hosting platform that are doing, you know, SaaS based businesses and things like that. And, and they rely on web direct. It's absolutely essential for them to be able to, for them to be able to deliver these solutions to their customers. So I'm sure they're going to be thrilled with this impressive uh, bump in scalability there. Yep. Yeah. And, and sort of related to that, another thing that we did is for, for, at least since FileMaker um, 7, if not before that, I can't remember before that, but um, we have had a limit of 125 um, files um, and now it's uh, 256. Um, yeah. So more than double that. So depending upon what your use cases are, and especially if you're doing things like hosting and, and that sort of thing, or you know, you've got your SBA solution that you're providing uh, for, um, there's a lot more files that, that, that can be um, um, accommodated for before you'd have to, to put in another server as well. Yeah, I think that 125 goes back at least to FileMaker 3. Hmm. Um, that's what I remember. Uh, why uh, it wasn't 128? Because we got a good 256. You know, it's supposed to follow <laughs> that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's weird. That's interesting. I don't know what the reason yeah. was, but yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Double the number of files. Um, what's next on your favorites list? Uh, I just it's it is worth mentioning um, 
around security, um, a, a lot of places where we use SSL, we've now moved to open SSL 3.0. Um, and you, what you may not uh, be aware of is during 196, um, for our cloud properties, which would um, essentially be FileMaker Cloud uh, as well as Connect, um, we received um, SOC 2, Type 2, uh, and iOS uh, and, and uh, ISO compliance certifications uh, as well. Um, and it actually represents the first time that um, um, that uh, and we partnered with Apple because they provide a lot of the monitoring of of our cloud, um, and that was a, a first time for them as well. So it was, wow. it was a pretty good achievement. So um, the combination uh, of that, I mean, security is something that people don't like to think about, but when it bites you, it bites you bad, right? So we're right. constantly uh, keeping an eye on, on that. I don't usually think of it as as, as features as much as just um, you know sort of table stakes for being a a good citizen of um, you know deployed uh, critical solutions. Yeah. So OpenSSL three, uh, another little one in that area. You can do send mail send mail using OAuth two, which is nice because a lot of providers are actually stopping basic auth as a way to do authentication with SMTP? Yeah, that one's pretty neat because it, you can X, there's some new UI affordance in the SendMail um, setup dialog. And of course that's available from the file menu. You can do directly, but also in, in, in scripting. Um, and now you can select um, something, it'll be called OAuth2, and it allows you to leverage your credentials if you're, if you're using um, uh, Microsoft 365 business or, or Google Workspace subscriptions, then you can use your credentials for that. And so you'll see those two options uh, pop up when you select that um, um, from, from the dialogue in either, either direction there. It's a really exciting helpful, one. You know? Yeah, I can't think of a solution where we don't we aren't sending emails. So you know, the idea of being able to have that built in is pretty pretty exciting. I think a lot of our our customers are going to need that right away. Yeah. Well, one of the ones that that I've been exploring a little bit, and we've got some plans for, is um, uh, un, uh, under data reliability, or um, we can call it audit logging, but this ability to to get notified when data has changed in the system and do something with that data. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that one's pretty neat. I, I sort of think of it as the complementary to what we did in 196 with the transactions that we introduced. Mm -hmm. And I know that your, your last um, uh, uh, podcast even uh, uh, was focused on that. Um, but this is complementary. And, uh, and, and sometimes people um, think that they're, their continuation because we've introduced a new script trigger called on um, window transaction. And so they right. associate with transactions. I just call them complementary. But when yeah. you use that, um, you know, in fact, it's probably worth um, going into a little bit more detail here. Let me tell you this thing functions. So in the file options dialog, of course, are the windows based script triggers. And they've been there since we introduced script triggers. There's a new one now. It's called on window transaction. And, um, and um, when that is set up, it provides a method for logging every create, update, and delete database interaction. And what we, we've done is we've hooked it in 
to FileMaker's window-based transaction system that that already that we already have, and it's and when FileMaker creates, edits, or deletes records, it returns information on those changes, and it does that by generating a, a JSON um, uh, file. Um, and so, uh, one of the things I want to let you know is when we launch this um, uh, very soon, there will be uh, an engineering blog associated with this as well that will get some examples of this in use. Um, but this trigger um, passes uh, JSON parameters um, and captures uh, captured by a Git script parameter um, function in the script that you're calling, right? And so. That um, trigger captures information if your records are created, if records are updated, if they're deleted, or if multiple records are updated or multiple records are deleted. It'll generate a JSON audit log file if one doesn't already exist, and it'll append to one if it already exists, and it will be in the in the documents folder by default. Mm. I, I'm not sure if it can it can be moved, but um, but um, it'll be there by by default. Um, and when a window transaction completes um, this JSON um, file, it, what it does is it captures the file name, the base table name, uh, the record ID, the operation, and the contents of that file um, uh, are um, all of the operations um, that were part of the completed transaction. So it just logs um, everything. It comes with not only that new um, uh, script uh, trigger, um, which can be used in browser find mode, okay? It is compatible across Pro, Go, WebDirect, Server, Cloud, DAPI, and custom web publishing. So essentially wow. everywhere. Right, so it's got yeah. compatibility everywhere. It also is complemented by three new functions. Um, the get base table names returns the base table names of a field reference, right? And also, um, uh, this is get base table names. There is also base table names that returns a list of all of the the tables uh, names of the tables in the file. And then base table IDs are the ID for those. And those are leveraged uh, when you're creating that log um, to right. be able to, to track changes. So the combo of those. And so I think uh, when you look at that one-two punch of script um, transactions in 19.6 and now audit logging in uh, FileMaker 2023, um, then uh, I think that uh, those are tools that professional developers are gonna be able to take advantage of. I was listening earlier to how you guys were riffing on the kinds of things that you could do or no longer had to do um, because of the introduction of, of script transactions. So I think we'll see yeah. similar things with, with this. Yeah, we. I'm like, we've had We've had this use case for a long, obviously, well, forever, but we, we've had things we, we could kind of do to work around some of these things. Um, you know, we did like like for our GoZinc product that we had for many years where we're syncing mobile to server or in LedgerLink when we're syncing to QuickBooks, we could track anytime a record was created or edited. And then we would, we would like flip a bit, you know, flip a field from true to false with an auto enter calc. But then we would have to go find all those records and then we would have to loop through them, creating the JSON objects or whatever it was that we needed to create and then send them off to wherever they needed to go. And we couldn't do deletes. Couldn't do it. There just, there just isn't a way, there wasn't a way to know when a record was deleted. 
So that was, that was the, the best fake delete, do. right? What's that? Remember, you would you would fake delete a record. You would delete That's the right. record and like hide it from the found set and flag it, and then the yep. script would run off and go do the rest of the work. Right? You'd always have to like pretend it was deleted until you could actually document whatever you needed. I remember those yep. those days well. <laughs> yep, it's a it's a massive bunch of workarounds. The the other thing that I think is is super important here when we think about you know we we talk about modern FileMaker a lot, and one of the things about um, our approach there is that. Uh, smaller apps working together as opposed to one big giant app. And so now we have a way for two apps to kind of communicate without being directly interacted, without being directly connected because one app can send all of its changes to the other pretty easily. I mean, it's, 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 it's a reasonable thing to do now, whereas that would have been that that's much harder to do, uh, you know, prior to this. So this is going to have a very big impact. Yeah. Hey, uh, Todd, there are some additional things I, I would like to say about what we've done with, with WebDirect because of its importance sure. for, for deployment yeah, yeah. and um, beyond just the ability to scale it further. Um, there um, And collectively, I think you'll get the sense of how we're trying to bring this forward because each one of them individually, you, you think, well, you know, Okay, but um, together. So let me just tell you, we've updated the Java that it's using to Java 17. We've updated Vadin, which is the underlying framework we use to be able to do what we're doing with WebDirect um, pretty significantly um, up to uh, 8.18.0. We also um, did some work to be able to address ghost memory from disconnected users. Um, you know, ghost users and they don't yeah. release and eventually you run out, out of, uh, you know, uh, uh, RAM or, or whatever, and it's just not good for the system. Um, we've done some work, uh, most of it in, in 19.6, but I think continuing uh, uh, in 2023 um, on the things like scrolling of lists, views um, in uh, that, that don't flash. And also done some work um, to optimize the CSS behind the scenes so that we're being much more optimal generating it, which gives us speed. So we're continuing yeah. to invest in, 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 in that. In fact, one of the things I want to say is we will continue to do similar enhancements uh, and invest in the FileMaker platform um, until everyone can move um, to the new Claris platform because either because we've removed the existing barriers and make it a little bit too cumbersome to move over now, or every use case that they currently rely on can be solved with the new platform. Until then, we will continue to invest in FileMaker. On top of that, the reality is FileMaker Pro is Claris Pro. Um, with yeah. Claris Pro just having a few additional things like the ability to communicate in a bi-directional fashion with, with, with Studio. Um, but um, that is the base and we'll continue to develop that way. So for anyone concerned that, you know, we're going to remove your ability to, to make a living off of FileMaker, uh, we're not that crazy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, we, we know what we're sitting on. We know what the, the product is. We have been iterating on it for over 35 years, right? Yeah. So it's something to be built on top of. Um, and uh, th that's how we see that. I'm just here letting people know um, we got you covered. Well, the last few releases have, have had quite a bit of web direct work, obviously getting a lot of attention. And uh, and that's great to see because it is a very useful deployment pattern. Uh, yeah. Lots of lots. Lots of businesses need it. There are many. There are many businesses that simply won't install 
apps, yep. you know, for in, in, inside their network. They just won't do it. Yeah. So, so being able to use WebDirect is just huge, and yeah, um, and seeing seeing these kind. Of, I mean, th these are big improvements. I mean, I I maintain large software code bases, and jumping Java versions and Fadden versions is is a lot of work. It's not like you just you know say I want to use the new version. You have to go through and make sure that that all this stuff is still compatible. The code that you've written before has to be compatible. And sometimes there are changes, just like we get, you know, very rarely, but we do occasionally get changes in the FileMaker code. Um, it happens a lot more when you're going, you know, shifting Java versions or shifting uh, a framework version like, like Vaden. So yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of complexity behind the scenes on yeah. what we do when we generate, um, you know, think about in a way it's magical. Right. I create something in FileMaker Pro and it projects it faithfully as a web app in a browser yep. without me doing anything. Right. And for the most part, that that that's true. It's an incredible um, technology. But behind the scenes, man, is it utterly complex. It is because <laughs> uh, we have to translate things between Java and between, you know, the Draco model and and, and so on and then pipe it back the other direction and, and, and so on. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm always amazed that, you know, how these things they work. Right. Thank, thank, thank God light travels fast. This is pretty right. <laughs> we, we haven't reached the limits of that. Yet. Yeah. Once we go interplanetary, we'll have, we'll have some other issues. But for yeah. Now, when, now, yeah. Talk about when performance then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So that was web drag to transactions. So a bunch of new stuff that's sort of in the bucket of deployment. You want to get into some of those? Yeah, um, I think the top of that list is um, we are introducing Ubuntu 22 LTS, and it will s support both the Intel chips like it does now, but also introducing support for ARM processors. Uh, and so that's a big deal in a number of things. One, it opens up the 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 the, the number of places that that we can uh, deploy. It allows us to take advantage of things like the Apple Silicon M1 chip, uh, and um, also. Um, it is more economic for those people who are providing hosting services um, on, on those as well. So a lot of good advancements there. It makes it easier um, for um, um, or better for Docker support. Uh, and we will, um, at this release, also, I think, have a blog and, and a script on um, using Ubuntu uh, with Docker. So we'll make that a little bit right. easier. Um, that's the direction. We, we want to make this stuff brain dead simple to, to deploy a server, um, especially in Linux, because not everyone is, is, is uh, versed in, in, right. in the, the world of Linux. Right. We've noticed that the ARM chips are markedly faster for server. I mean, it's just, there's just, it's, it's an, it's, it's a significant boost. It depends on what you're doing and all those things, but, but, uh, there's no question that it's faster and significantly faster for the same, you know, hosting dollar, if you will, uh, you get, you get more performance out of it. So that's pretty impressive. And Ubuntu, we've been using it. We've been using that a lot. It's come, it's become our standard deployment is now Linux and you know, in some ways, like if you haven't done it, it's definitely a little challenging because you're going through SSH, you're doing terminal and you, you know, you, you may not have a, you may not have a UI installed, but on the other hand, you've only got like, you've got maybe SFT upload and you've got a few terminal commands 
and that's all you need to do. So there's no UI. There's no way for things to get lost. Everything is always in the same place. Like, you know, it's always in, it's always in the same directory. So in some ways it's simpler. I mean, I know it's new and, and different for, for people who haven't tried it, but it is, I think less in terms of the stuff you have to deal with around maintaining a normal server like Windows or, or Mac, where you've got, you know, UIs that have to get updated and all this other stuff that gets in the way of that. These are much slimmer, simpler machines in the long run. Yeah. The, the other things in the area of deployment that are, are worth mentioning, I, I did already mention that the admin server admin council will have some UI to be able to point um, to where, where your secondary machines are um, for um, using the um, Nginx on, on, on Linux. Um, also um, worth noting is the server admin console as well as data API um, have both been upgraded to use Node.js 18. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a, a new ability to receive a notification uh, when a server-side script finishes running on server with a callback script option. I think that also um, is, is, uh, is a sleeper for the kinds of things yes. that allows you to do. Um, and um, also that the admin council will now provide notification when a consistency check fails on a database. And how many of us have run into customers who have two weeks of backups and every one of them is bad, right? And yeah, and yeah. Um, and because they had no idea, right, that 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 was there. So this should help in 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 that fashion. Another nice touch is that on the Windows Server, when you uninstall, um, now um, we will keep will retain your your file configuration, your setup for server, and you can apply that on the new server installation. So that's been there for for a while at 19, but when you uninstalled Windows Server, that stuff sort of got blown away. So um, we'll retain that. And that's, that's been a real, um, I mean, it's made a huge difference for people in deploying a, a new server. One of the reasons people would take so long um, to upgrade besides waiting to see, you know, are there going to be any bugs before, you know, the 1.0 for the next VRAB right. is, okay, it's mission critical. I got to get lucky and find a Friday uh, and then hope to God I get my server back up by Monday because I got to put all this stuff in and test it. And now it is so, and I got to reset all the settings and all that kind of stuff. And now it's just so much easier to, to move between now, servers. Was that always the case on, on Mac and Linux? Does it do that or is it? No, so it was something we introduced. Just... Yeah, okay. yeah. Now, so, okay. yeah, the uninstallers sort of, you know, uh, uh, if in the Windows world, uninstallers are very odd to, uh, you know, the Mac world where you just drag it in the trash can and empty it, yeah. right? Um, it doesn't quite work that way because, you know, the registry, it's, it's doing all sorts of stuff and yeah. putting stuff different places. Got but, it. Um, okay, yeah. that's good. Excellent. Um, some more buckets. How about integration? Yeah, so there's uh, this is interesting. Um, so one of the things you know that we're we talk about in and I like to talk about because sometimes there's confusion on what is the Claris platform and what is the FileMaker platform, right? And the way to think about what the Claris platform, the FileMaker platform is, the Claris platform is the FileMaker platform at the foundation, with the addition of bringing in Claris Connect into the platform, and then introducing something. Um, called Claris Studio, right? And if and if you think about Claris Studio, it's 
it's this it's our new modern web-based app experience right um, allows web forms um, web applications to be built um, it uses a modern framework um, so that depending on the device size it flows as needed so you don't have to create yeah. special layouts for everything it's 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 um, using MongoDB on the back end, which is a NoSQL database. Um, and so it's, it's a brand new technology stack for the future. Um, and so we've introduced that. Um, it, you know, initially people are doing things like you know, anonymous public facing forms. And as we build out more and more use cases, um, that platform um, you know, is the future of the platform. But at this point, people haven't been able to move all, all the way over to that, right? So, but we're calling um, the FileMaker 2023 release also a stepping stone release to the Claris platform. And here's the reason why. When we launch FileMaker 2023, we will make the developer tier of, of Claris Connect free. Free to everybody. It'll just be open now, right? Um, and we're introducing a new script staff in FileMaker Pro that'll allow you to call um, um, a Claris Connect flow. And and you, you put in the um, webhook uh, API key um, and, and tell it uh, which um, field you want to act upon. Um, and that's step one. We've got um, some behind that eventually where we'll just be able to look at the connect catalog and you choose the flow. And then we've got some ideas beyond that of how to enhance right. it. So what we're doing is we're bringing Claris Connect into the FileMaker platform. Um, we're also bringing Claris Connect into the Claris platform. Um, so for instance, you will it, it'll, it will eventually disappear as a separate thing and a separate product. And what it will be is um, um, just part of the platform. It'll make it easier to connect to, um, uh, to uh, d other external systems that people have a tendency to connect to these days because <laughs> FileMaker is not an island and it hasn't been for quite right. some time. Um, which also reminds me, you know, it is worth noting this. I was taking a look at, you know, one of the things we talk about is that in the 19 timeframe, we have also, and it maybe hasn't even been up that noticeable, I'm sure it has been to you, Todd Mar uh, and, and um, uh, Martha, but um, we um, have significantly opened the platform. And I was looking at, okay, so what did we do, right? Okay, well, we allowed you to run JavaScript in a web viewer. We added the JavaScript add-ons. We've enhanced JSON. We've enhanced curl. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, in 2025, you can, we now support in curl the secure FTP. Um, we continue to enhance REST and OData, and it gets some enhancements in 2023 as well. The admin API. On top of that, we've given you access to Core ML for starting on iOS devices and, and now on Mac devices as well. Opened up to uh, OAuth for external authentication. Introduced Save as XML for serializing and deserializing, um, you know, and et cetera. So there was a time where FileMaker was relatively closed, and and then we just changed our philosophy and said, no, uh, let's open it up as much as possible and allow everyone who can enhance it to enhance it, right? And um, so while that stuff is sort of trickled in and trickled in and trickled in, um, the ability to just about attach and talk to anything out there, um, yeah. you know, and, and then that doesn't even count the fact that you had the FMP URL to do all sorts of things with. So 
Um, I think that's totally changed the, the nature of the game for FileMaker, um, you know, in the, in the last uh, few releases. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the, these features begin to pile up on each other and, and begin to uh, work in combination in ways that get extremely powerful. So for example, on window transaction, you can run this new script step to call a connect flow, which means that anytime a contact record in your contact database gets changed, you can send it to connect, which could send it to whatever, whatever CRM system or other system that, that you've integrated with, with Claris connect. And what used to be quite complex is now just, you know, tying together two native features of the platform that, you know, are just there. So now you can, now you can take something that was a lot of work and it becomes pretty easy. And this ability to pass data around like this, it's pretty critical as we've been saying. I mean, we've been harping on this for a couple of for a number of years now about, about not being an island and integration and every company has many, many apps that they're working with. And so these kinds of things begin to pile up. You know, we have JSON, like you couldn't do this kind of integration without JSON. You couldn't do without insert from URL. Now we can go right to connect with every change that comes out of our database or out of a particular layout in our, uh, a particular table in our, in our, in our database, which is pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, Todd, we actually have been listening to you for a number of years. You've had a <laughs> lot of great ideas. So uh, you're, I you're, know, I know. You're, you're a I thought know you leader. Guys, so. <laughs> I know you guys listen. I know you guys listen. And um, I know you're listening all the time. And, and not just to me. You listen to a lot of people. I see some of these some of these uh, these things coming in, and i just like, I had no idea they were thinking about that. Well, somebody else probably brought that to you. Um, so, yeah, it's great. It's great to see that opening up. It's great to see the listening. And, um, yeah, there's just there's – just, so much we can do now, you know, uh, and still, and still be FileMaker can still be that core piece, you know, of, of what you do. I think of a lot of the sales meetings that we have where people ask about FileMaker and where it fits in their grander picture of their IT tech and the things that they're thinking about. And it, throughout the past few years, especially, it's such a clear, like it has its place, right? It has its place. It's going to play nice with these other things. We're going to be able to talk to other systems. It, it doesn't feel guarded, right? It feels like like an addition to the tool. And I, I, I enjoy being able to have those conversations. It feels it feels right for everybody, really. So it's exciting to be able to, to keep moving it forward this way. Yeah, I think the other thing that I really don't lose track of, and because it really is a competitive advantage for us, and especially as we look at our, 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 our top competitors, is just the sheer ubiquitousness of where you can deploy, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about, I can deploy on-premise. I can deploy in the cloud. It can be my cloud. It can be our cloud, right? We don't care, right? Um, and you can deploy in a browser. You can deploy in an iOS device. You can deploy in a mobile device, right? You can deploy on Mac, on Windows. You can, your servers can be Mac and Windows and Linux, or you can serve in the cloud. And you can be online, offline, hybrid. Um, none of our competitors have that sheer ability to, no matter what the use case we can cover you, right? So for most of our competitors, it's like the cloud or nothing, right? And yeah. if your internet connection's down, you got nothing, right? And it's just, you can do that. 
Um, but you can mix and match. You can choose that. So it's it's this whole thought of never having to say no, right? And um, I think we need to hold on to that. Um, the very mm -hmm. fact that, I mean, it's still magic that I can build a file on Mac or Windows and it doesn't care where I deploy it, Mac or Windows, browser, iOS device, it doesn't care, right? And it, yet I... I've built the same file. Maybe I have to take in a few considerations of, you know, Windows versus Mac, but not too many, right? That's and right. Um, no one does that. Uh, and uh, I think it would be a loss if we forgot that that helps people say yes to our platform because they can't find anything else that does that. It's a big deal. The on-prem thing is real. It's not going away for a lar yep. for some number. It's hard to know what the number is, but. But there's a, we talked to a lot of customers who simply aren't putting their data outside their control. It just, it's not yeah. happening. And there's very yeah. good, there are good reasons for that because of the sensitivity of their data or they're just, you know, very, very, they're just very, very security conscious and they don't want to lose control of it. Um, and those are good reasons. And we have to support customers in all of those cases. In fact, you know, with our hosting platform, we support SBA partners that have a mix. They have some customers who run in the cloud and some have to be on-prem. That's just the way it is. That's not changing anytime soon. No. I remember as we were um, evolving FileMaker Go and Todd, you were working with us on, I think, Reconnect. And one of the statements yeah. you made, and it was a number of years ago, um, you made the statement that the, the more ubiquitous the internet becomes, the more critical offline becomes. Um, because when you don't have it is when you need it, right? And so while you may have it more and more often, how do you have continuity when, and we have plenty of use cases where you know someone's diving in a cave out in the middle of the desert in Mexico or out in the middle of, of uh, or in a boat, right? And off the coast of Africa um, yeah. with no internet connection. And yet, they can still operate offline. They can sync back if, if, if they need to. Um, and FileMaker gives them the, 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 the piece parts to be able to pull that off, right? right. And, um, you know, so it's, I think it's the this, this sheer number of use cases that, that, um, that you can cover it at is, is someone can come. And if, look, at, at, at the bottom of this all is that if you have, a specific business problem you're trying to solve and you're motivated to solve it, you can pick up our tool and you can solve it pretty much to a T. Um, when you have someone who's talking at DevCon or Engage uh, as an expert that you know, some of them are sitting right here in this room, um, and uh, started out with some expertise in some specific field, be it chemistry or law or, or medicine, or whatnot, was not afraid of technology, picked up our tool, solved their problem with it, and found out they were good at it, and they liked it, and ended up making a career out of this. Uh, it's happened over and over and over again. There is a there there. On top of that, we have finally come to realize that this platform should be for professional developers who know how to make it sing. And while we want always aspire to make it easier and easier to approach, it's got a learning curve because it's very powerful. And some things that are powerful 
have a learning curve. It's yeah. what you can do once you get past that aha moment is what can't you do, right? And it's just that that kind of a versatile tool. And I think that that's why a lot of us, you know, over all these years still love this thing, right? And myself included. I mean, I was a developer when I started. Um, and um, to this day, you know, 22 years now at, at, at FileMaker and 25 plus years as a FileMaker developer, you know, all in total, um, I still love it. Um, and it, everything's not like that, right? Uh, so I, I feel lucky to enjoy what I'm doing and make a living at it. Yeah. That, that story sounds strangely familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, there is there is one I think uh, one a little kind of a little feature but interesting one in the integration, which is uh, read QR codes and mm. QR codes since I mean have been around for a long time but during the pandemic they really picked up because now all this contactless stuff people wanted to do right and and you mm -hmm. go into a restaurant and you just you hit the QR code and you look at the menu it makes so much sense right it kind of it took. It took the you know the horribleness of the pandemic to push QR codes into pretty much everywhere now. I mean they're not they're 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 just all over the place. And so um, we could do this on Go for years actually, yeah. ten years maybe I think. Yeah. Uh, and now we got it across platform, which is which is awesome. That's going to make that's going to make really powerful but simple solutions easier to do. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. We got it first on the hardware for iOS. Uh, it's sort yeah. of a, a natural because it's got a camera, right? It gives you the ability to to be able to scan. And then they uh, brought it to the, the Mac operating system. But what we've done now, of course, we didn't have it on Windows nor yeah. Linux. And, and now yeah. we've extended it to, to Windows uh, and, and Linux as well. And so then it becomes truly something you can use across the platform. Yeah. Uh, now, does this, I'm trying to remember, is this run um, on server side as well, given a container image? Or is it? Uh, uh, I'm trying to look. At, yeah, I, I'm thinking it must. But I, to tell you the truth, I don't know off the top of my head. But because of where we ported it to, I'm just looking at Linux. Notes I mean, here. Have yeah, to Windows and Linux. Yeah, because yeah, we don't have, have a Linux, Linux client, Which, right? Right. Yeah. So it have to be. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome because QR codes are. I mean, it's just they're just great. I had a, we had a number of years ago. I joined a startup where we were doing um, we were doing uh, kids photographs and uh sports photographs and the order forms were paper the parents would fill them out on site and then they would take a picture holding up the order form and on the order form was a was a qr code mm -hmm. and we when we took the picture i had to write a whole bunch of like crazy code and actually java to like find the qr code in the page clip it out and then scan it and do it it was all java i didn't really know what i was doing we're able to pull it off, but um, it took a lot of work, but it was really powerful. It connected the dots in that in that workflow in a way that, you know, you have you're at a sports league. You have 500 kids trying to get their picture taken like you need something simple, low tech that's going to work every time. Yeah. The QR codes yeah. are that they work really well for that. Yeah. And especially now that this was before everybody had a camera and now everybody's got a camera. So this is just great. Worth noting, because there's so much of it, it barely gets noticed, but we have literally addressed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bugs. And we do that every single incremental release. But um, the, 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 typically what we look at is, 
I always prioritize the customer impacting bugs, right? And so we try, because those are quality of life things, right? So, um, you know, probably in the 19 timeframe, um, from 191 to 19.6, well into the thousands, right? Um, and well, it sounds like a lot when something is as vast as uh, the FileMaker platform with 37 years of iteration on code, there's bugs, right? Yeah. Um, every software, it used to be a software engineer here who said that um, it's been proven mathematically that it's not possible to have any software of significance to be bug-free, <laughs> which always makes me pause as, am I going to let my Tesla drive itself for me <laughs> yes. not until there's no possibility of any bug <laughs> yeah i think I, I think that 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 really goes um what's the word i'm looking for unheralded in some way because the pro the 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 thing about bug fixing is that each individual bug probably doesn't impact a huge number of people or it would have been fixed right a long time ago hmm. and so like you know if you listed them all most of them would matter nothing to most of the people because they wouldn't have ever hit them. But for the people who have hit them or have struggled to work around them because of the particular uh, uh, characteristics of their system, getting those addressed is massive. And to be able just to keep knocking those off at such a high rate is super important. Because, you know, like you said, you're, gonna, you're building all this new stuff. You're probably going to add some bugs too. There'll be some new bugs in there that have to get fixed in the next rounds. It's just what it has to be. So having this be a part of your agile process where not only are you adding new features at, at just a really unprecedented clip, you're also knocking off, you're knocking off all of these bugs. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. It's sort of, it's getting like, I don't know. I keep talking to people about like, have you, I mean, do you guys, I mean, it seems like people are, um, I don't know what the word is, but but they're, they're, um, the, the amount of new stuff that's coming is so huge that, ha that has been delivered and continues to be delivered is so huge. And I just think about, you know, years ago, a decade or longer, when we would, you know, something would, would get a new version and it would be three years before we got anything reasonably new. We would go, we would go a decade without anything new in the UI at all. <laughs> like, so, I mean, this is just massive change and it's so important to keep, to keep the platform uh, up to date and moving forward in, in today's world, because things yeah. are not standing still. It's only speeding up. Yep. We have to do it. So I just want to say, uh, you know, thanks and really congratulations on being able to just turn up the velocity on, on new releases and new impactful features. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's really amazing and it's really helping. It matters to people. It matters to us. It matters to our customers. Um, it makes our lives easier. It makes their lives easier. Uh, and it, you know, it ends up helping their businesses or their organizations in meaningful ways. So we need it. So keep it up. Well, What's coming next? What's in 2024? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got some ideas up our sleeve. Um, uh, we, we got all these people behind the scenes thinking all the time. Um, 
But, you know, hey, thank you so much for helping us get the word out uh, about this. I think one of the things that we had become concerned about and one of the reasons that we, we got the new icon and the new naming convention is that unless you were paying very, very, I mean, our best customers are keeping up with us all the time, right? Uh, because they know the value. Um, but if you weren't paying close attention, you may have mistook the fact that we're still on 19 in that, you know, it was still 19.1 um, or maybe you hung out in the earlier versions and you didn't realize what we were doing. So we wanted to send a signal um, to pay attention. Even if you're on earlier 19, we've significantly moved it forward. But we also yeah. realized that it was getting long in the tooth, you know, three years with a one version number. We have never done that. Never. And yeah. people were used to imagine people who are say a version or two behind that think they're fairly current don't realize you know when they get on the community someone says well you know actually you're like five or six versions behind because they in 19 they did this and they just didn't know um yeah. that we advanced this platform if you're sitting on 17 or 18 and now you look at 2023 it's a pretty big distance right same same underlying skills that you have right. are going to work. It's just a lot more capabilities, a lot more versatility, a lot more ability to integrate uh, and deploy. So, and, and we should say that um, no file format change here either. So, yeah. you know, the upgrade process is pretty seamless. I'm not aware of any major um, behavior changes in, uh, in anything. Like it's always, it's back, it's backwards compatible. There've been a few since, 12, but not many, like it's been a couple things here or there, but really it just, it continues to work the way that it worked before. You just get a bunch of, a whole bunch of new features and, and that's awesome. That's what we need. Cause part of the, part of the, part of the problem with this new world that we live in is things change so much. If you're having to maintain the, um, if you're having to, to main, it's, it's kind of a uh, almost an exponential problem that can creep up on you. If you have a bunch of things that are all changing at a rapid rate and they interconnect, um, of course, the changes between those inter the, those interconnection points are changing at, at an exponential difference, right? But this is changing this. So these things can, they can really, really get, get out of sync, sync pretty quickly. So having some core technologies that are moving forward, but also carefully maintaining backwards compatibility is pretty important. Like I think of some of the other most pop, some of the most successful platforms in the world. WordPress is the one of the ones that pops to mind. Um, backwards compatibility since the first version. It's amazing. And it really matters. People can upgrade their website without worrying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. they learned that lesson when we put it the web viewer object in eight five. Um, there was some concern that the built-in sort of links were fragile. Uh, they have never broken, and yeah. and but of course, if Google broke the backwards compatibility to the internet would come down, right? That's it's right. just uh, they couldn't do that, right? So they didn't, and um, you know, uh, we've. Very, very seldom. Maybe I think we might have to go in and change something with the MapQuest or something like that. But um, I, I was even surprised how long that stayed. But it makes sense, right? You just don't break stuff that works. Um, right. Sort of a first do no harm. I, I think uh, someone's got that oath. <laughs> At least they used to. Um, so. yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations on a major release. And um, 
I don't know this this podcast may be out probably around the same time it's available. So if you're listening to it, check it out. It's probably out. Yeah, you can always go to our website at claris.com and you'll you'll see a, a a new website ready to receive you as well when, once we launch. So it, it'll awesome. be hard to miss. Great. Great. Awesome. Thank you for coming and enlightening us with all this new stuff we're going to get. I think this is exciting. It's obviously more topics for us to talk about on the Context podcast. I know oh, yeah. I'm sure Todd will have lots of new cool tricks he'll want to tell us about all these new Perfect. new features you've given us. But I, I think I think this is spot on that this is definitely a a, a developer version that's really going to help out our our customers, and we're going to mm -hmm. be able to provide a lot. I, I feel the, the you know the modernization, the continuous supports is it's good stuff. So yeah, we look forward to talking more. And right. uh, learning about all the new versions, and like Todd already said, what's next? What's next is the next question. So <laughs> we can't wait to all have right. you back and hear about that more. All right, yeah, well, we'll have all you right. back real thank soon. Thank you. All right, well, thank you, Martha. Thank you, Todd. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. -bye. Just as a reminder, this is available on YouTube and as a podcast. And make sure you check out the show notes, as there are a lot of links to share there. If you can take a minute to pause and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. But better yet, if you can share it with a friend, that would be pretty awesome. No matter what your role is in this community, you're proof of how amazing this Claris community really is. My job is to help spread your knowledge and your stories on the podcast. Find me on Twitter at MZ123 or at Proofgeist and let's share your story.